Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, welcome. Our conversation today is with Sherry Longshore. Sherry wrote her book, Extricate, as a way to daydream and also help people. So let's find out how her stories came about. Please wave your hands to help me welcome Sherry Longshore. Hello, Sherry. How are you today? Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Susan. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm very good. I guess everybody wants to know how you came to write your stories. Well, they actually came from dreams that I had, and I would tell the stories over and over again to a family member, and she wanted me to write them down. And after she passed away, that's what I decided to do. So that's basically how they came about. Well, had had you been writing them as a kid? I have been writing as a child. I never thought about writing or publishing. It was just a hobby that I did. I'm really good at poems. I have written a lot of poems for people for their weddings, for funerals, for greetings, and things like that. But um, I have written a lot of stories, too, basically for school projects and entertainment. So, yes, I've been writing all of my life. I just never, even though I read other people's stories, I never thought about writing mine down or putting it in a permanent text. And was there a theme to your writing when, as a child, or was there something special that kept coming to you that you wanted to talk about or um, anything like that, or were they just fantasies? Basically just fantasies. I am a big daydreamer. I'm pretty much a loner, so my mind is all over the place. I can look at something normal and it turns into something weird or strange or different, and so I just write from there. But like I said, with these two stories, I went to sleep and I dreamed them, and I just always found that my dreams were different, and people always told me that I dreamt different, so I decided to um, do something with it. That's pretty cool. You're the second person I've actually talked to who dreams their stories, and it's so natural that when I say I don't do that, <laughs> they're surprised. Yes, um, a lot of people um, are like that. And another reason, maybe I never thought about writing down anything and just um, keeping it to myself because people do think you're a little weird when you're different. They don't look at people as being varieties. You know, we have all different types of food and fruit, but when it comes to people, people seem to relate to people that are just like them. So a lot of my stories, I just kept them to myself. Now, the relative that I used to share, she loved to read, and she loved to write. And Actually, she was like an English major, and I was always a math major, and she was always getting at me on my grammar and my diction, and I just, somewhere deep down inside, I thought I never measured up, but she loved the way I told stories, so that's where we connected at. Oh, that's very lovely. Now, you say, are you calling yourself a loner? Um, Did that help you in some way in terms of how you observed people that you could then put into your stories? 
actually, I think that just came naturally. I think um, our brains just process things differently. Um, mm-hmm. Me being a loner just helps me to do the things that I like to do. I think one thing that made me a loner was, again, because I think and see things kind of different and it's not like it fits the norm. It's not that it's weird, but just that a lot of people are uncomfortable with things that are not like them. For example, when I was sharing one of my stories with a friend and I told her that I dreamt and she said that I never dreamed. Well, I dreamed so hard that I could actually get up, go to the restroom in the middle of the night and go back to sleep to that same dream. And people don't believe me, but I do. And my husband always tells me that um, I'm making so much noise. And I say, yes, it's like I live two different lives. So I remember a movie <laughs> back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think it was called The Two Worlds of Jenny Logan or something to that sort. And um, she went to sleep and she actually lived a whole other life, and I can really relate to that. So w- what makes me a loner is that I fantasize and I like to stick with people that are kind of like me as well. I like all people, but I draw the people that are like me, and I don't know a lot of people like me, so I kind of just stay to myself. Well, does does the word loner equate to feeling alone? No, sometimes. <laughs> Maybe sometimes, <laughs> but actually sometimes when I'm by myself, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> by myself I'm actually having a better time because I have been more miserable in company, especially with some of the conversations um, or people's take on things. I respect other people's viewpoints, but like, again, when you try to offer something different and they just um, are stuck in a box, it's not always fun injecting your ideas it becomes into an argument and i don't like a lot of arguments i'm not a um argumentative type person so i just usually stand there and i start to daydream again that i was somewhere else and <laughs> it, it has gotten me in trouble at times because people would say well what do you think about it and i'm and i'm like i wasn't even listening <laughs> i've gotten better with that as i got older but no, being by yourself does not always mean that you're lonely. It does not. Sometimes, but not okay. always. <laughs> okay. Now, now you as you start, you started writing these stories as a child, and then you um, you didn't write your book right away, did you? Is there some intermediary phase? I mean, did you do did you do writing in school? Did you do contests? Was there anything like that that you you did to help grow your writing skills? No, not really. I did enter a lot of contests when I was in school. Actually, it started when I was in elementary school, and I won a contest. We had three tiers, and mine was on number one for about three or four weeks, and I actually remember the name of the story. I held it for a long time, but in the move, um, some things got damaged, and my story was one of them. But it was actually called The Headless Driver. And so um, I've had writings that I had to do for projects and things like that, and I've actually had one instructor when I was in college who told me that she thought that I should be a writer, but, again, I never thought about it. I was so much of a math and science person. That's where I focus my attention on. Gotcha. Well, so Extricate is actually a collection of three short stories. Is that correct? Two short stories. Oh, two short stories. Can you tell us? A little bit about them? 
Yes, well, the first story is called The Gift, and it's about a girl who is somewhat like me. Now, when I dream, I dream a certain idea, and I see that idea unfold in my sleep. But even though it unfolds, I still have to put a lot in it to bring it to the point that my dream had when I went to sleep. So when I um, dream extricate, I dreamed about a certain group of individuals that were different. And I developed this young girl to find out who these individuals were. And from my writing and as I started to imagine, see, when I write, I kind of like live my stories. I'm that young girl, so you'll find some of my actual things that I did in life to help fill out the story. For instance, for instance, there's a part where my mother is passing away and she's in the hospital, and I start to dance and sing because my mother always talked about love never dies. And so in my brain as a child, I equated that to if I could show her that I loved her, that she would hold on. And I actually did that in real life, so I put that in the story. But I developed this young girl to be like a sleuth to find out what is going on with these group of people that I actually went to sleep and saw. So I start, I, I put myself in the young girl's place and I figure out how do I get from where I am right now to those people and determine the outcome of what those people are. So I'm once again, I'm dreaming, but I'm daydreaming because I'm seeing myself as this person doing these things and I'm writing them down. So um, there's a group of people, like I said, that she has become kind of obsessed with. But in her obsession to deal with them or to uncover them, expose them, she finds out something even more important about herself. And that is the very thing that she needed to go on in life to make her a better person. And that's and so when I write my stories, I kind of write my stories to help other people along as well because sometimes when we are looking at other people and we think that they're strange, we if we would get to know those people, we may find out we have more in common that, than we um, realize from the beginning, and once we get to know those people and understand or at least respect them for who they are, you start to have a different viewpoint, outlook on people, which also um, gives you a more pleasant environment around you, and that's kind of what happens with her. What about the second story? What's that one like? The gifts, yes, it's the second story. That... um, Happened when okay, I had this recurrent dream. This dream just kept. Oh my goodness, I I was dreaming it almost every other night, and I just couldn't believe it. So the gift happened in a place like I was at a Mardi Gras, and there were some things unfolded, and I would wake up with like, why in the world do I keep seeing this particular person in the dream? So once again, um, I t- 
took my own natural self and related it to when my husband and I used to travel back south to visit his family. And on um, during one of those visits, we went to a local festival similar to like a Mardi Gras, but not quite um, the same. And I meet this particular person who who gives me a medallion. And um, then from that point on, our whole trip changes, and that's why it's called the trip. But once again, I see what happens in my sleep. I step into a position where I I live to the point, I, I live it out in my mind. I actually start daydreaming to see now how can I take myself to get to that point in the what I actually dream to develop a story. I know it sounds a little weird trying to break down the process, but I think that's where my stories may differ a little bit. I'm not sure how other writers write, but I put into my stories what I'm actually feeling myself, and I'm trying to determine how can I get what I what was so passionate, what moved me to write this story, for other people to feel that same passion when they read it. So you, when you're reading it, you are actually like in my shoes, in my skin, inside, going through exactly what I went through to get to that story, to get through to that story. It's not something I just make up in my head and don't have any feelings to it. I'm literally attached to the stories as I write them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, up until this point, you had not published the book, correct, or any book. So. No, I- and so what happened that motivated you to finally do that? Well, when my aunt passed away, it was my relative that I could easily share things with. She appreciated my different way of thinking and seeing things. When she passed away, I was going through some health concerns as well, and it was a pretty serious Ordeal, and I started to think while I was out on medical leave over the things I've done in my life, and I realized that I had just done so much for everybody else, and I didn't, I didn't really do things for myself. I thought in doing things for other people would give me the completely completeness that I desired, but I realized when I was home alone that I did not have that completeness. And so while I was home, I thought about what is me, what makes me me, what makes me happy, whether I'm with people or without people. And I think that's something that people have to find out, what makes you tick. You don't need to, if you need to always have the beautiful group of people to always be satisfied or something, there's something missing. You have to find out what makes you happy regardless of what situation you're in. And that's when I started to write. I thought about my aunt passing and how I used to love sharing stories with her, and she would read books and we would, she would tell me stories and things like that. And I just decided that I'm going to write because I'm always happy when I write or when I'm daydreaming or something like that. So whether I'm alone or with other people, I'm just always content because that part of me is flourishing up See, also with writing, for me, it helps me to relate to other people because I pull some of my experiences from the people that I meet to put them in my stories because I would look at them now instead of just dating or dozing off while they talk. I actually use Mm -hmm. some of the 
they um, say their words and um, their viewpoints to help me to fill out some of my stories. So they give me inspiration now, not just, um, you know, me just standing there and wishing I was somewhere else. I use the experience <laughs> to help me develop my writings. <laughs> right. So, I, so you. So at the end of this, at this point of time, you now have. You're you're getting better, and you make the decision to publish your book. How yes. long did it take you to publish it at that point? Not very long at all, because I like short stories. Dreams aren't long. It looks like when you're dreaming, you're in there forever in the day, but you're not. So my dreams um, are not long, and I don't write long, and I never have. I'm, I'm more like to the point. I'm just into it. Excitement and adventure. I don't do a lot of character development, only if the story needs it. It depends on what position the person is in. I'm really, and let me back up. I do dream more like in suspense, maybe because that's what I love. I love suspense movies, I love thrillers, drama, you know, I, I like that kind of stuff. So maybe that's why my, my dreams are that way. I put most of my emphasis on what's going on. I like the people to be able to read it and see themselves as that person. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. I like for the person to be able to relate to what I'm um, going through. So you have now published and the book is in your hand. It arrives at your home or your office, Mm -hmm. wherever you had it delivered. What did you feel like when you finally had it in your hand? It was a satisfaction that I think very little of very few other things have ever given me. It was just like something that I had birthed myself that nobody else could do, even though there are millions of other writers. This one came from me. I guess it's like having a child, even though there's so many people have a child. This one is yours. You created it. You made it. You brought it to life. And that's what I felt like. And even if nobody else seemed to like it or or it became um, world-known, because I didn't write for that, I wrote for satisfaction. This was my baby. And that was something Aww. that nobody else could take from me. Nobody mm-hmm. else put any claim on it. It was something that I was able to do myself. And do you feel that you changed after you published it? Um, only in the sense that it gave me the desire to do it again. And like I said, it's like um, a, well, I know I, I <laughs> analogy that I have, I don't know if I want to use it, but some people are always chasing a good feeling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This good feeling that it gave me. It's like I wanted to feel that way again. I like being able to do something that makes me feel good, and that made me feel good, and it makes me feel good in a positive way. It's something I can share with others. Um, My stories are basically very positive. I'm still one of those type of people who believe that the good guy wins, but in (laughs) winning, it's not always an easy road. It's not always like... John meets Sally, and they run off into a happy ending. Sometimes you have to deny people for happiness or whatever. You do different things to make it work. But I'm, I still believe that good efforts um, are 
produce the best results. And have you gotten uh, any kind of response to your book? Um, yes, I have. I have a few friends that I shared with, and I actually had one friend who did not like to read, but she was having a lot of problems sleeping, and I told her, look, just try reading soothes me. I'm not a big um, long story reader. Um, I do. It takes me. A, I do read long stories. It just takes me a while. I have to read a few chapters at a time. I told her my book is pretty basic and um, is short, and I think it would help relax you. And she said that it was the first book that she had ever read all the way through. She said she's never she's never been a reader. She didn't like to read. A lot of times with reading, she has a dictionary where she has to look up every other word, and then she gets to the point that she's disappointed. And she said it was one of the first books that she could read all the way through, and it was the first book that she had read all the way through. And she said when she put it down, she went to sleep and did not wake up until the next morning. Prior to that, she said she would wake up off and on every night, maybe stressed out from the cares of the things that she's going through or what she thought about she had to do the next day. She said this was the time that she slept all the way through. I shared it with another friend, and um, she she was going on a trip with her daughter, so and her daughter was driving, and she read it on the way to their destination. And she called me on the way home, and she had just told me that she wanted me to write again. Actually, she was looking for a sequel to one of the stories, which is the trip. But um, I told her I wouldn't do that. I like to leave things to people's imagination. I'll let your mind be your sequel. Instead of me <laughs> writing it down for you, I like to leave little <laughs> cliffhangers like that. But she told mm-hmm. me she did, it was so good. And the next time that um, I wrote, she wanted uh, another copy. And I told her she, I definitely will do that if I'm able. If it, if it happens, she would have one. So, um, yeah, I have gotten some good reviews from it. Feels good, huh? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. It does. And like I said, even if um, you you know, you have to get to a point in life where you can't always expect everybody to validate everything you do. Sometimes in life, you just have to do things because you feel in your heart it's the right thing to do. I think if nobody, I really want people to read it and enjoy it. I so truly do. I want. I believe when you read it, you start to know more about me as a person and how my mind ticks, especially since it does for my um, dreams. But um, Mm -hmm. even if that doesn't happen, it gave me a self-satisfaction that nothing else in this world could do, you know. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you continuing to write? Yes, I am, um, as I am led to write. And actually, I wrote three other stories. I have not had them published yet. They are in review, um, but... I have written three stories, and they are all different. All of my stories are different. It just depends on what I dream, and each of my dreams so far are different. I know I have some dreams that are pretty similar, but of the stories that I've written, they are all different. I can't classify them into one category. Like I um, wrote one one of my stories that's pending is – Kind of like um, supernatural. Ah, and okay. One story that I wrote is kind of fantasy love. I know it sounds fantasy weird. love. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds weird, but if you're reading, you understand what I mean. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. others, 
one is kind of like um um an alternate world reality. Well, okay. Yeah, and the, fantasy and worlds all, can be wonderful. Mhm. Mm-hmm, but in this one, you may not want to go where it takes you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes curiosity would kill the cat, but that's up to you, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. old, they, they, they have those old sayings for a reason when they say curiosity killed the cat. Yeah, some things you might want to just leave alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's intriguing. What kind of world have you created? My goodness. Okay. So, so, so at this point, where are your books available? Well, right now I do have a website. It's provided through the publishing company, Arthur House. You can order it directly from them, but they have set me up a website that you can go directly to, which is srlongshorewrites, with an S on it, .com. You can buy it off of that, or you can just go through the publishing house and get it. Okay. So I've heard you say a couple times that when you're urged to write, do you feel as if something greater than you helps you write your stories? Yes, I believe that um, we all have certain characteristics about us that make us who and what we are. And as I kind of said earlier, is you focusing or finding out what that is is really the answer to a lot of your happiness. I um just think that mm, um, the way I think and look at things makes me, I think I was created to be that way. I, I believe that we all have a creator. That's, you know, just my viewpoint on things. We Everybody doesn't believe the same way. but And I believe that in that creation, we were all designed to do different things. I look at people that are on um, scalpels. I couldn't do that. You know, there's there's nothing in me that would allow me to do that. I look at people that do gymnastics. I couldn't do that. I I have a hard time walking without tripping over my own feet. You know, but we are all designed to do things differently, and I think that maybe one reason why I dream the way I do, why I look at people in a different way, and, not, and I don't mean a negative way, I'm, and I mean... Um, you know, in an interesting interesting way because I have smiled with people say, what, what, are, what are you smiling for? Nothing is funny. But it, I wasn't laugh, smiling at what they were saying. I was smiling at how they expressed it, you know. But mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. we don't understand that they take it the wrong way. So I just think I was designed to do what I'm doing. And I think if we find out what we are designed to do, it like I said, it just makes life better. Like my mother could soak no pattern or nothing. She just take out that um, measuring tape and draw her design and she could sew. I've tried that a thousand times and I've sold my clothes to my own clothes. I will wear it. It is just, <laughs> it is not me <laughs> at all because I wasn't designed to do that. I wanted to be that way because she was that way. But we can't mimic what other people do if it wasn't for us. We have to learn to look at other people, appreciate them for who they are, enjoy that 
what they have because they have that for your enjoyment, but it's not for your function. You have to find out what you are functioned for, what you're designed to function for, and make that you because there's somebody else that likes a good story. There's somebody else that likes a good loaf of bread, whereas they can't make that or they can't write that. They want to watch a good movie, but they can't make a movie. So they are um, depended and on you to do those things so they can enjoy it. And they have something that they can do, and, and they are dependent on them to do that so they can enjoy it. It's like one hand washes the other. And if we would stop, you know, trying to just imitate what everybody else does and just find what we do best, some things we're going to do alike and some things we don't. That's what makes us individual. So when we get to that point that we can find that, like athletes, I, I'm, I'm tall, but I can't put a ball in the basket if it was right over top of my head. You know, it's just I'm not created <laughs> for that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped trying to be everybody else, and that's when I got to that point, you know, health-wise. I said, what's me? What's me? Not what everybody think of me. What is me? What was I designed to do? Because I didn't want to leave this earth unfulfilled. And I think that's just a horrible experience where you just live all those days and you just felt like nobody cared, I'm just empty, I haven't done anything. And the older you get, the more that becomes a reality. You know, I want to do something special. And like people make bucket lists and they do the things on their bucket list. That's what I want to do. I want to do something special for me, and that's why I write now. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful sentiment about our lives. Uh, that uh, you to find our purpose, our passion, and and to find the real code of our souls speaking to us. It's probably woven into every you know fiber of our being, but we don't pay attention. You know, right. and until we do, then it's glory. You're right, fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful word. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Sherry. You know, I'd like to remind our listeners that we've been talking to Sherry Longshore about her book, Extricate. And thanks to our listeners for joining us as well. Remember, nothing supports the work of authors better than picking up a copy of their books. And you can also support the work of this program by going to the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power podcast on anchor.fm to like us, follow us, sponsor us, or even subscribe to us. And feel free to share the programs, let people know, that we use podcasts to give authors their voice. So thanks again for being with us, Sherry, and keep on writing. Thank you so much, and I will. I plan on it. Okay. Bye for now, everybody, and have a great day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.